0: That is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham, and we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boati as Christ is magnified in you. Yeah, isn't it beautiful? I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord. Asking it you you at all. You at all. You at all. Are you glad to be in the house of God? Well, last week I started sharing concerning the grace of God, isn't it? And I picked it up from the Old Testament and showed you how many dispensations have come and gone. And we are now in the dispensation of grace. If you read in Ephesians chapter 3, let's read from verse 1, Ephesians 3 from verse 1. Let me try and recap just a little bit. Okay? Paul says, for this cause I am Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles. Then he says, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given to me towards you. That's, this is old King James English. So he says, which, okay. Uh, go back, go to verse 2. If you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, what? What it means is it's given to me towards you. Do you get it? Yeah, it's just old king. I don't know if you have BBE. If that ordering of the grace of God has come to your knowledge, which was given to me for you, have isn't you it? Given to me for you, was given to me for you for the for your benefit. Hallelujah. Then verse three says, "How that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery, as I wrote afore in few words, he made known unto me the mystery, the mystery of Christ, which he says I documented in just a few sentences." Next verse, verse four, whereby when you read, you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Hallelujah. So there's, there's a dispensation of grace, there's a time of grace in which we are right now, do you see? Just as there was a dispensation or a time or an age of the law. I, I explained all these things last week, so I don't want to go into it too much. And it says, which in other ages was not made unto, known unto the sons of men, as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. The dispensation of grace was not known in time past, but now it has been revealed to us, to his saints, to the apostles and to his saints um, through the ministry of the Holy Spirit. So now, what are we talking about? Because the dispensation of grace comes right after the dispensation of the law, the law has found itself inside grace. Okay? So, for most people, Before God can do something for you, you have to be good. You are born again, you are a child of God. But before you can be healed, you have to do something good and nice before God can... That is what a lot of people think. A lot of people think that before they can prosper, they need to be right with God. And it is preached in plenty places. Is it true? Yeah. yeah. It is preached to put, you've even preached some before, it is preached to put everybody in check as much as possible so that the children of God do not fool around. Yeah. <laughs> but you see, we are not the ones to prevent the children of God from fooling around or doing anything. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So in Galatians chapter 1, let's read from, from verse 1, Paul says some very interesting things in the book of Galatians from verse. From chapter one, from verse one, he says, "Paul, an apostle, not of men, neither by man, but by Jesus Christ and God the Father, who raised him from the dead." He says, "I'm not an apostle by man; it's not man who sent me." And all the brethren which are with me, unto the churches of Galatia, I'm writing unto the churches of Galatia. Grace be to you, and peace from God the Father and from our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. Who gave himself for our sins that he might deliver us from this present evil world according to the will of God and our Father. Hallelujah. Isn't it beautiful? Then he says, To whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Next verse. I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel. It says, I am shocked that so soon after I've preached to you, you have been removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ. Remember, grace and truth came by who? By Jesus Christ. So in Christ, there's something called Jesus is the one who brought the grace of God. I showed you that last week. If you were in here last week, I recommend that you get a message so that you can understand. There's no need for me to be, keep going back and forth, okay? So Paul says, I marvel. Tell me, but I marveled. I am shocked. I am shocked that you are so soon removed from him. That called you into the grace of Christ. Unto another gospel. Unto another gospel. So there's something called another gospel. And there's the gospel of grace. In most places, you have another gospel being preached. You have another thing being preached all together. Wow! Wow. Are you surprised? (laughs) We've been called onto the grace of Christ. That is our calling. Our calling is into the grace of Christ. When you when you become born again, you are born into the the dispensation in which you are born, or the period, the time frame in which you are born, is a time frame of grace. What reigns and what rules is the grace of Jesus Christ. Now, what is grace? Grace is, God has done everything. You, come and enjoy everything. Is that too difficult to understand? <laughs> God has what? God has done everything. If you read, it, I've been showing the this scripture for, for some time. Now, 2 Corinthians 5, verse 19, it says, To which that God was in Christ reconciling the world unto himself this is what God was doing whilst he was in Jesus Christ he was reconciling the world unto himself not imputing their trespasses, their wrongs Jesus is not here to put the wrongs of humanity on them and account it to them that you, you were a sinner you, you have done something wrong you, you did that, you did that, you did that that is not why Jesus came do you like it? Jesus did not come to impute the, the world 's trespasses unto them he says and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. jump all the way to uh, okay let 's read so that you see everything from a uh, good verse twenty now then we are ambassadors for Christ as though God did beseech you by us we pray you in christ 's stead be reconciled to God he says we are standing in the place of Christ be reconciled to him he's not f- he 's not a friend he 's not an enemy, so be reconciled to him come close. God does not hate you. God likes you. God loves you. So come close. Next verse. Then it says, for he has made him. Why should you come close? Come close because he has made him to be sin. He has made Jesus Christ to be sin. Who knew no sin? So that you and I might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. And he says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Now, isn't it? He says, we then, as workers together with him, beseech you also that you receive not the grace of God in vain. Because we are in the period of grace. Next verse. Verse verse 2. For he said, I have had thee in a time accepted. And in the day of salvation have I to call thee or help thee. Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. Grace is what brings salvation. Titus chapter 2, verse 11. Titus 2:11. For the grace of God that bringeth what? Salvation. The grace of God brings something called salvation. It brings something called salvation. So it says, For the grace of God that bringeth salvation has appeared to all men. It brings salvation. Teaching us that deny ungodliness and what it We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. Looking for, neglect, looking for that blessed hope and the glorious appearing of the great God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. The grace of God that brings us salvation. What I want you to notice is the fact that it brings, the grace of God brings salvation. Brings what? Salvation. salvation. So if you read in Ephesians chapter 2, verse 8, look at Ephesians 2, 8. For by grace are ye saved through faith. Salvation is manufactured by something called grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah. By grace are you saved through faith. And that not of yourselves, it is the gift of God. Verse 9. Not of works, lest any man should boast. So in grace, there's no work in grace. Grace is the place where you enjoy what God has done. You don't do anything. You just believe in what God has done in Christ Jesus. And you enjoy what God has done. Please join do us what I'm saying. So, healing is one of the things that God has done in Christ Jesus for you. You don't need to do anything. Your healing is not based on any good thing that you did. So in First Peter chapter 2 verse 24 Look at 1 Peter 2 verse 24 It says Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree That we being dead to sins Should live unto righteousness This is what the grace of God does It says who his own self Jesus bear our sins in his own body On the tree So that we being dead to sins Should live unto righteousness Then it says by whose stripes ye were healed We were healed a long time ago Why? Because Jesus came to die. So Jesus came to die. Jesus gave himself so that you will not die. So that you will have life and have it to the full. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now immediately you think that you need to be a good person in order to enjoy what God has done. Now remember, the grace of God that brings salvation has appeared unto us. Teaching us that deny ungodliness. The grace of God teaches you to deny ungodliness and wordiless. Okay? I just showed it to you. Verse 12. Titus 2. 12. Teaching us that deny ungodliness and wordiless. We should live soberly, righteously, and godly in this present world. So this is what the grace of God teaches. So Paul mentions that shall we continue to sin because grace, that, so that grace may abound? That's in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Now the grace of God does not teach you to do wrong. The grace of God teaches you to live right. What shall we say, say then? Shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? And he says, God forbid. How shall ye that are dead to sin live any longer? I mean, in grace you die to sin and you become alive to God. Okay, you are explaining some of these things to you very well. But Paul was saying that, how come I am surprised that you guys have so soon been removed? Galatians chapter 1, once again. Let's read verse. Verse four, I think. Go to the place where I, I, I left off reading. Ah, it's verse six. It says, "I marvel." Tony, by I marvel. I marvel. Paul was shocked. NLT. Show it to us. Paul says, "I am shocked that you are turning away so soon from God, who called you to himself through the love mercy of Christ. You are following a different way that pretends to be the good news. There's a different way that pretends to be the good news. It's not. It's actually not the good news." Go back to King James. But it's not the good news at all. Let's read the NLT. It's nice. It seems to be nice. Verse 7. But it's not the good news at all. You are being fooled by those who deliberately twist the truth concerning Christ. Hmm? King James. Go to verse 7. It is this which is not another. This gospel that I say is another gospel. It's actually not another gospel. But there be some that trouble you. And would pervert the gospel of Christ They are changing the gospel of Christ But though we are an angel from heaven This this thing is very serious It says but though we are an angel from heaven Preach any other gospel unto you Than that which we have preached unto you Let him be accursed. It's a curse to preach something else Apart from the gospel of grace Then it says as we said before So say I now Again, if any man Preach any other gospel unto you Than that you have received Let him be accursed So there's a gospel That says that If you do good Then God will be nice To you Have we heard it before? That is actually Another gospel Memphis is Pulling his
1: tongue
0: (laughs) Yeah you must understand that it is a whole new dispensation altogether. Okay? It's a whole new dispensation altogether. The time we live in is not the same as the time past. It's not the same. Right now, God is interested in, in humanity. God just likes people. And He wants to spend time with people, He wants people to come to Him. And He has done everything possible. To make people be with him. So if you read in Romans chapter 5 verse 1. Look at Romans chapter 5 verse 1. It says, therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, how are we justified by faith? Do you understand the word justified? The word justified means to declare not guilty. One of the major problems of humanity is sin, isn't it? So keep your finger here. Go to... Romans chapter 3 let's read verse 24 Romans three twenty-four. 24 it says being justified freely by by what? by his grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus we are justified freely by his grace so grace does it and then your faith takes it justification was made available being declared not guilty was made available by Jesus Christ. That's why it says here, being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. Have you seen it? But then the other place says that, that's Romans chapter 5, verse 1. You remember? Look at this. Therefore, being justified by what? So if you read this, you think that we are justified by faith, isn't it? Uh-huh. But if you read the other one, you think that we are justified by grace, isn't it? What does that mean? Grace makes it and faith takes it. Okay? So in Ephesians 2.8, it puts it together. Go to Ephesians two eight. For by grace are you saved. Through faith. Have you seen it? For by grace are you what? We are saved by grace. Not by works. For by grace are you saved. How? Through faith. Meaning that grace manufactures salvation. And then your faith takes that particular salvation for yourself. So, if there is any work in the dispensation of grace, it is the work of faith. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So, Paul says in Galatians chapter 5, let me show it to you. I think you like it. Just For in Christ, there's neither circumcision, neither circumcision nor circumcision avails anything, but faith that worketh by love. Have you ever seen that scripture before? Yeah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Galatians 5, 6. Let's read from verse 1. It's nice. Galatians 5 from verse 1. Let's read it all the way. It's one of my scriptures. It says, Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. What yoke of bondage is he talking about? He's talking about the law. He says, Stand fast in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Stand fast therefore in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Made us free where? Made us free through his work. Have you seen it? Uh-huh. Through Christ's work, we are made free from sin. We are made free from the law. Okay? Then it says, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Why? Because the people, the, the Galatian church, have been corrupted by another group of people. The people who were the Jews, have entered the church, and they were bringing in another gospel, that if you are not circumcised, you are not born again. I don't know if you get it. So, Paul, Paul got, got very angry with those who were trying to bring another in other words, trying to keep the law. If you don't keep the law, if you don't do A, B, C, D, then you are not saved. And if you are not saved, you don't have anything from God. That's what we're preaching. Okay, let's go to Galatians chapter 3. Okay, before I read Galatians chapter 3, let's go back to Galatians chapter 5. Let's just read that portion. Then I'll take you to Galatians chapter 3, okay? Stand fast therefore in the liberty where Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Behold, I Paul say unto you that if ye be circumcised, Christ shall profit you nothing. Galatians chapter 5, verse 2. Read this to me, I want to go. Behold, I Paul say unto you that if ye be circumcised,
2: Christ shall profit you
1: nothing.
0: Have you seen it? Next verse. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. Are you circumcised? (laughs) Then he says, Christ is become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. This is the problem. You are justified, you are declared not guilty by the law. You see, there was the righteousness which was by the law. Romans chapter 8. You know, verse 3. Let's read from verse, verse 1. He says, There is therefore now no condemnation to them that are in Christ. Jesus, says, Who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. I'm reading Romans 8. Then he says, For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Then he says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh. Okay? God, sending his own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh and for sin, condemns sin in the flesh. So that the righteousness of God might be The righteousness of the law Might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh But after the spirit That was the righteousness of the law Okay What was the righteousness of the law The righteousness of the law said that If you do everything that the law says Then you will be declared not guilty before God You will be declared righteous Now you can have a standing with God A right standing with God But it was not possible Because no human being could keep the law If you keep one side Another side will get you it will corner you. So Romans chapter 3 verse 20. Paul says, therefore, by the deeds of the law, or by the doings of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. I don't know if you get it. No flesh shall be declared right, shall be declared not guilty before God, by doing the law. So in Galatians chapter 5 verse 2, Paul says that, I'm saying to I Paul, I'm telling you, Behold, I prophecy unto you that if you be circumcised, Christ shall profit you what? Nothing. Why? Next verse, verse three. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised, that he is a debtor to do the whole law. He is a debtor to do the whole law. Next verse, verse four. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are falling from grace. You are falling from grace. Why? Because you have decided that. You are going to be justified before God depending on what you do. So sometimes we come to church and then we say, let's lift up holy hands. And you can't lift up hands because you don't think it is holy. why? Because in your mind, your holiness is based on what you did during the week, or what you did on Saturday night until you shift delete those thoughts from your mind. You will never receive anything good from God. You will always have issues. You will always be in trouble. The problems will never go away. You will always be crying about one thing or the other. Why? Because you are seeking to be justified by your works. You are seeking to be accepted before God by your works. Meanwhile, in the New Testament, he says, you are not accepted before me by virtue of your works. You are accepted before me by virtue of what Jesus did. Being justified by grace. Being declared not guilty by grace. Not by your works. What do you think about I'm saying? Yeah. So stop trying, tell me about stop trying, stop trying. Start enjoying, Start, enjoying. Start, living. Start living As God will have you live Stop frustrating the grace of God Keep your finger here, go to Galatians chapter 2 Let's read from 15 15 is okay Now this story, let me give you a backdrop to this story One day Paul uh, was with Peter Peter had come to the Gentile church. The whole world was divided into two sections. We had Jews and then we had Gentiles. I showed you this last week. Jews were considered to be close to God. And Gentiles were considered to be very far away from God. But in Christ Jesus, says, both Jew and Gentile are brought together. If you believe in Christ, a new creation is made out of you. And this new creation functions by something called grace. Are you getting it? So... One of the rules of the Jews was that a Jew was not to even talk to a Gentile. It was forbidden for a Jew to talk to a Gentile. For a Jew to go into a Gentile's house. Let alone eat with him. So Paul, who was the apostle sent to the, the Gentiles, was preaching to the Gentiles. He was sitting with them. He was praying with them. And Peter came amongst them. Peter was the head of the Jewish church, if you like. Okay. He was the apostle sent to the Jews. When he preached, the Jews could hear him. But when Paul preaches to the Jews, the Jews could not hear him. The Jews were called a thorn in the flesh of Paul. If you've ever read and you've seen Paul saying that a thorn in my flesh, he was referring to the Jews. Everywhere Paul preached, the Jews would beat him. Or organized for him to be beaten, Or for him to put to death. Or something. That's what I'm talking about. So, they were in a meeting and they were all eating. They were eating fufu and palm nut soup. And as we were eating, some Jews came from Jerusalem. They came from someone called James. James was a, was a pastor of the church in Jerusalem at, at that time. He was a resident pastor there. Okay? And when they came and Peter saw them that they were coming, he took his hands out of the food and put it behind his back and saw all his shirts because he was afraid. You see, he was afraid that the Jews would ostracize him. Because you are not supposed to company with Gentiles. Now, even though they were all born again, there were some Jews who were still saying that all oh, the Gentiles should be circumcised. If you are not, because what made you a Jew was circumcision. So if you are going to be called a Jew, you have to be circumcised. So Paul spoke a lot about circumcision, not of the flesh, but of the heart. Circumcision is that of the spirit, not of the flesh. Please, I, I get it. Uh-huh. So... Paul was very angry. I mean, how can you do that? The Bible, would say he, Paul mentioned that the, the effect of what Peter did was so great that it affected everybody. Every Jew that was in that particular congregation. And even Barnabas, who was Paul's assistant, Or Paul's senior actually also was moved by their dissimulation. He was moved by what they did, and he also took his hands out of the food. And Paul got angry, so Paul started talking. He says, "We who are Jews," he was talking to Peter. All this that Paul was going to say is is to Peter and to the Jews who were in that particular company. He Says, "We who are Jews, by nature and not sinners of the Gentiles. The Gentiles were described as sinners, and the Jews were described as they were described as being close to God." Okay, keep your finger. Let me show you the the problem between Jews and Gentiles. Okay, keep your finger. go to Ephesians chapter two. Let's read from verse eleven. Then we'll come back to this. I want to I want to preach to you. I want to explain a lot of things to you. Okay, I'm trying to I'm not I'm trying to not limit you to a particular thing. I want to open you up to a lot of things with respect to grace, so that you can understand it very well. Okay. He says, Wherefore remember that you being in the time past Gentiles, he's writing to the Ephesian church. He says, In time past, some time ago, you were described as Gentiles. Now you are children of God. Verse 10 says, For we are his workmanship, recreated in Christ Jesus unto good works. Have you seen it? Which God has ordained, has before ordained that we should walk in them. So he's talking to the, the Ephesian church, which, who are Gentiles because of where they were born. Ephesus is present day Turkey. Ancient Turkey was called Ephesus men. The name was changed some years ago you see and they were not Jews now they have become born again he's writing to them he says wherefore remember that ye being in time past Gentiles in the flesh who are called on circumcision by that which is called the circumcision in the flesh made by hands you are called on circumcision by the Jews you should know next verse you should know that at that time you were without Christ no Gentile was had Christ in his life you were aliens from the commonwealth of Israel and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. Every Gentile had no hope and had no God in the world. They were all into worshipping all kinds of things. Next verse. But now, say but now.
1: but
0: now. It says, but now in Christ Jesus, you who are sometimes far off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. Because of Jesus Christ, you are made near. You have been brought close. Next verse. For he's our peace. Jesus is our peace. Say, Jesus, my peace. Jesus. Says, he He's our peace who has made both one. And has broken down the middle wall of partition between us. What was the middle wall of partition between us? It's called the law of commandments. Next verse. You see it. Having abolished in the flesh the enmity. Even the law of commandments. So the law was what separated Jews from Gentiles. It says that Jesus came and condemned the law. Look at it. It says having abolished in his flesh the enmity, he abolished the law, he fulfilled the law and abolished it. So in Christ's eyes, in God's eyes, the law has been fulfilled. And it has been done away with. The purpose of the law has ended. There's no need for the law to continue. There's no need for anybody in this world to to live with laws. When I say laws, understand what I'm saying. With the ten commandments and all the laws that came with following God. Okay? Having abolished his flesh, the enmity, even the law commandments contained in ordinances. For to make in himself twain one new man, so make him peace. Hallelujah. Next verse. Verse 16. That, and that he might reconcile both unto God in one body by the cross, having slain the enmity thereby. What was the enmity? The law. the law. The enemy that kept Jews away from Gentiles was the law. Christ has fulfilled the law and has abolished the law. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Look at verse 17. And came and preached peace to you which were far off. And to them that were nigh. Who are those afar off? Jews, uh, Gentiles. Who are those who are nigh? Gentiles. Who were those who were nigh? Gentiles. is preached to both of them. And came and preached to, peace to you which were far off. And to them which were nigh. For through him we both have access by one spirit unto the Father. Who are they both? Jews and Gentiles. So the problem has always been Jews and Gentiles with the law separating them. Do you see? Uh-huh. And even being a Jew, you needed to keep all what the law said, or else you didn't have, you couldn't be justified by the law. So I explained some things last week. You can get a tape. Go go back to Galatians, what we're reading. Galatians chapter two. Let's read from verse fifteen into verse sixteen now. Okay, he says, "We who are Jews by nature and are not sinners of the Gentiles." Knowing that the man is not justified, we know that the man is not justified by the works of the law, but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even we have believed in Jesus Christ, so that we might be justified by the faith of Christ. We might be justified by the faith of Christ. The faith of Christ is actually grace. Yeah. That we might be justified by the faith of Christ, and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, there shall no flesh be justified. For by the doings of the law, there shall no flesh be declared not guilty. How are you saying it? Yeah. Next verse but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves are found, he's talking about Jesus if we, talking to Peter if we, while we seek to be justified by Christ we we ourselves are found to be sinners are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin, God forbid because what Peter was doing was wrong, he was sinning by what he was doing next verse, for if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor For I through the law am dead to the law that I might live unto God. Hallelujah. Then it says, I am crucified with Christ. This will what happened to you in a new bed. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live. Yet not I, but Christ liveth in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by the faith of the Son of God, who loved me and gave himself for me. Verse 21, I do not frustrate the grace of God. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by, by the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Righteousness does not come by the law. Righteousness comes by faith in Christ Jesus. Yeah. And righteousness is the first package, one of the first packages that is in salvation. Apart from righteousness, you see, you just believe in order to be made righteous. Yeah. That's all, isn't it? Yeah. Is it true? Yeah. Did you do anything to be righteous? Yeah. You believed in Christ, you believed in what Jesus did, then you became righteous. Guess what? Salvation is a package. It includes healing. It it includes health. It includes wealth. It includes grace. It includes prosperity. It, It includes every good thing you can talk about and think about. That's salvation. And how does salvation come to you? Salvation comes to you by grace through faith. So everything you will do in Christ continues that same way. Grace through faith. Please, you understand? Your health and your healing is not going to be because of what you did or did not do. It's going to be because of what Christ did. And your faith in what Christ did. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You are not accepted before God because of what you did or did not do. You are accepted before God because of a person. His name is Jesus Christ. He's the embodiment of God's grace. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, go back to chapter 5. What we're reading. Remember we're reading chapter 5. Let's read from verse... Three into verse 6. For I testify again to every man that is circumcised that he is a debtor to the law to do the whole law. Christ has become of no effect unto you. Whosoever of you are justified by the law. You are fallen from grace. The other one says, I will not frustrate the grace of God. This one he says that you are falling from the grace of God. Why? Because you seek to be justified by the law. You feel that you should be accepted before God because you did A, B, C, and D so because you did all these things you accepted therefore whatever it is that you are looking for from God God will answer it whenever you pray and think like that you should know that you are frustrating the grace of God and you are falling off whenever you are asking for money from God don't think that the money will come because you've been a good boy (laughs) or because you've been a good girl you have not had sex with anybody before. So God will answer. You also, you too, you don't get anything. They all sex somebody has a problem. But you too, you have a problem. I don't know if you get it. You too, have a problem. Because you think that you are justified before God by virtue of your works. It's not because of your works. It's because of somebody. His name is Jesus Christ. That is grace. Hey. Verse 5. <laughs> for we through the Spirit wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Next verse, verse 6. For in Jesus Christ, neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but faith which worketh by love. He says that in Christ, right now, what is the most important thing now in the disposition of grace is your faith. Your faith in Christ, your faith in what has been done for you on the cross. That is what matters. If you have a question, you can ask. I'm seeing questions written all over your face. If you have a question, you can ask me. Okay. And guess what? This is what Paul preached. Paul preached this for years and years and years and years and years. Look at Acts chapter 20, verse 20 to 24. This Paul, Paul was preaching to some people, his leaders. He was going to leave them to go to Rome. And we're not going to see him again. And he was giving them his final uh, speech or final teaching. Then he goes to this one and says, And how I kept back nothing that was profitable unto you, but I've showed you and I've taught you publicly and from house to house. Next verse. Testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus He's showing you both the things he preached. He says, I preached unto you repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Next verse. And now behold, I go bound in the spirit unto Jerusalem, not knowing the things that shall befall me there. Next verse. Save that or accept that the Holy Spirit, the Holy Ghost witnesses in every city saying that bonds and afflictions abide me or await me. But none of these things move me. Neither count I my life dear unto myself so that I might finish my course with joy. And the ministry which I have received of the Lord Jesus to what? To testify the gospel of the grace of God. That was his ministry. I was given the ministry of testifying of the grace, the gospel of the grace of God. What is the gospel of the grace of God? Everything has been done in Christ for you. Accept Christ. Accept what he has done and be in rest. As simple as ABCD. And every single thing that you will do, again, should be by the same principle. By faith. Okay? Grace through faith grace through faith grace through faith grace is God has done it faith is I am going to take what God has done and make it my own this is what God has done I believe it therefore it is mine in the name of the Lord Jesus grace is what prepares what God has designed for you to have and then your faith takes what God has prepared for you to have and enjoy it for yourself please you understand so when are you going to be healed in your life when are you going to be healed? God has done it already. Where? In Christ Jesus. For he bore our sins by, by his stripes. Ye were healed. Ye were healed. Not you are going to be healed. You were healed. When are you going to prosper? Is it in five years time? In six years time? When are you going to prosper? I've prospered already. Why? Because God has done that in Christ Jesus for me. When are you going to overcome sin? When? When? When you become a good girl enough, when you when you you are strong enough, when you decide when you become strong enough, no, your sins were forgiven. You overcame sin a long time ago in Christ Jesus. All you need to do is to agree with what God has done in Christ for you, and that and it becomes your reality. Please, you understand that is grace. That is the gospel of grace. So Paul in Acts chapter twenty verse thirty-two told the people the same group he was talking to. He told them that listen. And now, brethren, I commend you to God. He was he says, "I commend, I leave you to God and to the word of His grace. I'm leaving you to the word of His grace, which will, which is able to build you up and to give you an inheritance among all them which are sanctified. There are those who are sanctified, born again, but then they are not being built up. Why? Because they feel that God, this was this was a law. The Lord gave you instructions, but never empowered you to obey the instructions He's giving you. Do you understand? The law gave instructions, thou shalt not kill. But he never gave you power to help you not kill. When it tells you thou shalt not kill, it introduces to your mind that there's something called killing. And it, it precipitates sin in your flesh. Because sin was in the flesh of man already. Sin was in the nature of man already. So the law was given to bring out what, is it, what's, what was in man to show man who he is. So if you are going to be living by the law now You'll be surprised at what the law will do for you It will bring certain things Out of your flesh that you never thought you had Romans chapter 7 Go to Romans chapter 7 Then we'll come back to this Okay? What will build you is Knowing that it has been done You've already, it's, it's already been done for you And you, have, you already have it By the grace of God Now your faith Is what will bring it up And make it happen for you Even your faith, even faith has been given to you. The faith you need for your your healing has been given to you already. (laughs) The faith you need to prosper has been given to you already. Can you imagine? A child who is born into wealth, is he wealthy at age 10? Let's say age 10 is even too much. At age one, is he wealthy? Are you sure he's wealthy? He's wealthy? Okay. But does he know he's wealthy? Why? Because he's not grown. Even if you tell him he's wealthy, he doesn't understand what you're talking about. Can he enjoy all the wealth? He can't. Why? Because he's still a baby. As he grows, he begins to enjoy. He begins to have knowledge concerning what has been done for him. And then he begins to enjoy what has been done for him. So the issue is with growth. You must grow in the Lord. The more you grow in the Lord the more you grow in consciousness of what has been done for you and the more you begin to enjoy what God has done for you in Christ. As for what God needs to do, he has finished. God finished his work and he sat down. God has finished his work in Christ and he has sat down. Everything that God needs to do, he has done it. God is not answering even a single prayer. (laughs) Every time we stand before you, we'll tell you that God is going to do something. Actually, God has done everything he's supposed to do. Whenever you hear that, it's just prophetic, prophecy letting you know that you are being ushered into another level of growth. Do you get it? Yeah. Uh-huh. But it doesn't mean that God is not coming to do something. He has done everything. He's not going to do something new in your life. Do something new in my life. Do something. Yes, we sing it But then he's actually not going to do something new in your life he's already done all that he's supposed to do if any man be in Christ he is a new creature all things are passed away and all these new things are of God all that you need he has put it inside can you
2: imagine
0: so a lot of Christians move around having all that they need and they are still looking for what they what they have The devil can take you on a right race. You go up and down and you'll be surprised. Okay. Let's read from verse 7. Romans chapter 7 from verse 7. What shall we say then? Is the law sin? It says, God forbid. Nay, I had not known sin but by the law. The law is not sin. Then it says, I had not known sin but by the law. For I had not known lust, Except the law had said, thou shalt not covet. When the Lord said, thou shalt not covet, then I started lasting. Next verse. But sin, taking occasion by the commandment, wrought away in me all manner of concupiscence. Do you understand concupiscence? Mm -hmm. All manner of lusts, all manner of foolishness. Sin in me took... And he says, okay, this will amplify. But sin, finding opportunity in the commandment to express itself. Sin found opportunity in the commandments in the law, to express itself. So the law gives sin opportunity to express itself. Sin, finding opportunity in the commandment to express itself, got a hold on me and aroused and stimulated all kinds of forbidden desires. Lust, covetousness for without the law sin is dead the sense of it is inactive and lifeless and a lifeless thing when there is no law when there was no law sin was dead but when the law came then sin arose do you understand what i'm saying now all this is not true for a new creature. if you are born again there's no sin in you the seed of sin has been dealt with through christ christ died and took away the sin the sin nature the nature of sin outside of you that is why in Romans chapter 6, verse 1, Paul says that, shall we continue in sin so that grace may abound? If you say we are in grace, shall we continue in sin? Because the Bible says that where sin abounded, grace abound, abounded much more. In other words, there is nothing that grace cannot take away. Do you see? So he says, shall we sin? shall we continue to sin so that grace may abound? Then he says, God forbid. How shall we? That are dead to sin. When you become born again, grace takes away sin. Grace kills sin out of you. So there's no seed of sin. Actually, there's no seed of sin in you at all. The seed of sin has been taken away completely by Christ Jesus. For he was made sin for us who knew no sin. So you are not a sinner. See, I'm not a sinner. sinner. It's because of your consciousness of sin. You think that you're a sinner. That is why you keep doing foolish things. Yeah, you've always thought that you were a sinner. You've never thought that you're a righteous person. You've never thought that God has done everything for you in Christ. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. So, because you have been thinking that, as for me, when it comes to lying, I cannot. I cannot stop. It's my talent. I'm a a pathological liar. Pastor, me, I'm a klepto. You know, a kleptomaniac. I'm into stealing. Stealing is my my nature. It's my hobby. (laughs) Did you have the guy who Puts his own money in his pocket And went to steal his own money I mean he likes stealing so much that if if His own money he puts in his pocket And he will sneak into his own room And go and take his money His own money Hallelujah What scripture did you show us before I saw you somewhere before this Say sin has been dealt with Sin has been dealt with Sin has been dealt with Completely Completely. The sin nature has been taken away. So it says, For if by the disobedience of one man, How did you become a sinner? How did you become a sinner? You became a sinner. People, human beings became sinners because of one man. His name is called Adam. Adam's sin is what made everybody else a sinner. Romans 3.23 For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. When did that one happen? It happened when Adam sinned. Please you understand. yeah. When Adam sinned, then all of humanity sinned. Romans chapter 5. Go to Romans chapter 5, verse 12. Look at Romans 5.12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Sin was not there before. Sin entered. It was not there before. It entered. Why? Because of one man. And death by sin. Death also entered because of sin. Then it says, and so death passed upon all men. Why? For that all have sinned. Next verse. For unto the law, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Remember, the law is supposed to precipitate sin. So when there is no law, you don't know what sin is. So when the law came, the law came to show everybody that you are a sinner, you are a sinner, you are a sinner, you are sinner. The law has served its purpose, it has finished serving its purpose. Go to Galatians chapter. Am I quoting too many scriptures? Galatians chapter 3. Let's read verse 19. Wherefore then serveth the law? He says, Wherefore then serve the law? What was the purpose of the law? He says, It was added. The law was added. That was not the original plan of God. The law was added. It was not the original plan of God. It was added because of what? Transgression. I don't know if you have amplified to show us some of these things. Let's amplify. amplified. What then was the purpose of the law? It was added later on, after the promise to disclose and expose to men their guilt. Have you seen it? Because of transgressions and to make men more conscious of the sinfulness of sin. And it was intended to be in effect until the seed, the descendants, the heir should come to and concerning whom the promise had been made. And it, the law was arranged and ordained and appointed through the instrumentality of angels and was given by the hand of, in the person of a go between Moses, an intermediary person between God and man. You see, I just want to see why the laws are there. This is the laws. So you can't continue living in the law. Now that's the one, the reason why the laws, the reason why the law is given so that all men, sin will be, who abound. So that all men will know that they are sinners. So that all men will cry for a savior who is called Jesus Christ. And when Jesus Christ comes, he will deal with the sin of man and liberate man and make man leave, make man free from sin and from death. So that man can continue in friendship with God. So now that Christ has come, why are you continuing in the law? Why are you trying to obey God by laws, by rules? Thou shalt not steal, thou shalt not kill. There is no seed of sin in you to precipitate, thou shalt not steal. But because you still have it in your mind that thou shalt not steal, it starts precipitating things in your flesh. Because that's what you think. You think you are not good. And because you think you are not good, you will not be good. Go to verse 20. Now, a mediator is not a mediator of one, but God is one. Next verse. Is the law then against the promise of God? God forbid. If there had been a law given, which could have given life, the law could not have given life. Verily righteousness should have been by the law, but the law could not have given you life. The law does not give you life. The law gives you instructions. To precipitate what is inside, it doesn't give you life to keep what he's saying you should do. Next verse, but the scripture has concluded all and all sin that the promise by faith of Jesus Christ might be given to them that believe. Wow! So, when you believe the promise, which is the Holy Spirit, okay, is given to you. Next verse, verse 23. But before faith came, we were kept. He says, The Jews, he's talking about Jews, he says, The Jews were kept under the law, shut up. Unto the faith who should afterwards be revealed. Next verse. Wherefore well, the law was our schoolmaster. The word schoolmaster is piedagogos. It means one who takes you to school. He's not even a tutor. He's the one who takes the child to the school. So schoolmaster does not mean someone who teaches in the school. He's okay about someone who takes you to school. To be taught. The law was just to take us to Christ. To be taught by Christ. The law was to give take the Jews to Christ. To maintain them to Christ. That's what it means. The law was like those Greek, uh-huh, those Greek tutors, which were with which you are familiar. Who has caught children to school, haven't it, and protect them from danger or destruction. making sure that children will really get to the place they, they set out for. That's what the law was given for—to bring them to Christ. And even now they have, we have come to Christ. Why are you continuing in the law? So Paul says in Galatians chapter three, verse one: "Oh, foolish Galatians! Oh, foolish Galatians!" Because he could not believe that these guys were. He says, you who have begun, you began by the Spirit. Are you now being made perfect by the law? Hmm? Oh, foolish God, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ has been evidently set forth, crucified among you. This only will I learn of you. Receive you the Spirit by the works of the law, or by the hearing of faith. Next verse. Are you so foolish? Having begun in the Spirit, are you now made perfect by the flesh? Why do you want to be made perfect by the flesh? Why do you want to continue by what? By works. It's not by works. It's by faith. So there's nothing you can stop. There's no habit you can stop by concentrating on, okay, I'll not do it today and tomorrow. I'll not do it the following day. You are lying. After three days, you fall. How how will you break habits? How will you break things? How will you enjoy the goodness of God? By accepting that this thing was taken away. I don't have it to start with. I don't have this habit to start with. It was, a, it was taken away in Christ long ago. So I don't know what you are even doing here. Yeah, yeah. If I don't have this thing, then what is it doing in my life? How do you forget it? Yeah, yeah. I don't have this. <laughs> How will the sickness vanish? How will the cancer vanish? The cancer will vanish if you agree that you don't have cancer. Why? Because Christ did not give you cancer. I don't have cancer. I was healed a long time ago. I'm preserved in Christ I've been delivered from all troubles in Christ That's salvation Salvation includes deliverance So I was in, it's, that, it's called faith Faith is, I have not seen with my eyes But because God has said it, I believe it God, What God has said is real It's real, more real Than what is happening around me I'm not moved by what I see I'm not moved by what I hear I'm only moved by what the word of God says That is faith so i am the righteousness of god in christ jesus i am the healed of god i am strong i am not a sinner i'm the blessings of god in the earth why because christ eh, did all that for me yeah hallelujah praise the lord go back to romans chapter 7. let me show you some more from romans chapter 7. you like learning about some of these things Romans chapter 7, we're reading verse 7. It says, but what shall we say then? Is the law sin? God forbid Nay, I had not known sin by, by the law. For I had not known last, except the law had said, Thou shalt not covet. But sin, taking occasion by the commandments, wrought in me or wet in me all manner of concupiscence. For without the law, sin was dead. For I was alive without the law once. But when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. He's talking about how that, when he was going, well, You see, children don't know what sin is. Is it true? We teach them. Yes, we teach them that this one is this, this one is this one is, and then don't do this one. If you go here, then they start picking things up. We introduce law into the. Are we saying don't teach them what is right or wrong? Get them born again. The Holy Spirit will direct them from within. They would know. Look at verse 10. It says, And the commandment which was ordained to life I found to be unto death. For sin, taking occasion by the commandment, deceived me, and by it slew me. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. The law, that's what the law is holy. On its own, is holy. Because the law is an expression of who God is. So the law is an expression of the lawgiver. And the lawgiver is perfect. He's holy. He's righteous. Wherefore the law is holy, and the commandment holy, and just and good. Then it says, But... Then it says, was then that that which is good made death unto me, God forbid, but sin, that it might appear sin, working death in me by that which is good, that sin by the commandment might become exceeding sinful, for we know that the law is spiritual, but I am carnal. So, all God wanted everybody to know is that you, you are carnal, and that you, you are sold under sin. This is Old Testament. So Paul is, Romans chapter 7 is an explanation of The experience of Paul before he became born again until the time he got born again. And the victory he had as a a result of giving his life to Christ. Please you understand? So now that you are born again, why do you want to continue in believing by your works? It is not by works. It is by faith. Not by works. Lest any man should boast. But it is by faith. In Christ. Please, you understand? Who has a question? If you have a question, you can ask me. So Paul said that, I commend you to God and to the word of his grace. Acts chapter 20, verse 32. Then he says, which is able to build you up. This is what will build you up. And give you an inheritance among them that are sanctified. Then in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 9. Look at Hebrews 13, 9. You will not be built up through any other thing. Okay? The word of his grace is what will build you up. He says, but be not carried about with diverse and strange doctrines. People have all kinds of doctrines. He says, don't be carried about with all kinds of doctrines. All kinds. Some people are learning about the sun and the stars and the moon and the rivers and the seas and the lakes and the stars. This is the message that is being preached. Some people say, Salvation is by works and not by faith. You know, the word of God has said clearly that it's by grace through faith. We don't understand. I mean, all kinds of things are coming. Young people are studying the scriptures and they are going beyond the scriptures and saying all kinds of things. It says, be not tried about with diverse and strange doctrines. For it is a good thing that the heart be established with what? With grace, not with meats which have not profited them that have been occupied therein. <laughs> it has not profited them who have been occupied with it. Some people say we shouldn't eat snails. Others say we shouldn't eat this one. Others say we shouldn't eat pork. Others say we shouldn't eat snakes. Others say we shouldn't eat this. Brother, the Bible says I receive all things with thanksgiving. Hey. I'm not the one saying it's in the Bible. <laughs> yes. I tell you. A question. Contribution. Okay. Yes, She wants to add something to it
2: and let's go to Romans chapter 10 verse 9 it said if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thy heart that God raised him from the dead thou shalt be saved and this is something that we all know before you become born again this is the prayer that you pray that you believe in your heart that um, God raised Jesus from the dead and then you confess with your mouth that Jesus is your Lord and it says thou shalt be saved when you actually look at the word saved there you know normally when we say thou shall be saved so what is in your mind is that okay now I am not going to hell anymore isn't it that is basically all that everybody has in their head now when you look at that word there it's "suzu." so I don't know whether you can get that for me the saved there I'm just adding to what pastor has said and just to sort of open your mind more what that word means because all we know is that that shall be saved okay what is what am I saved from I'm not going to hell anymore I'm going to heaven isn't that basically it so when you go home go and look at it the word here is "suzu." so what let's go to the strong definition okay so it talks about um, to save that is to deliver or protect to heal preserve safe, to do well, to make whole. Do you understand? So it's not just being translated from the, the power of darkness to the kingdom of, um, of God, but also healed, saved, protected, to do well. That is all part of the thou shalt be safe. Yeah. That is what it means. So it's, that's the whole package. It comes at once. It's not, um, it's not broken in and dependent on what you do, like Pastor has been saying. So I just wanted to draw attention on it. You can go and look at it yourself and think on it because it's, it's a whole package. It's, it comes at once. It is not divided. Hallelujah. All right.
0: Praise the Lord. Isn't it powerful? Yeah. So it's a full package. And it comes at once for all of us. All you need to do now is to believe in what God has said through His Word and enjoy what He has said for you and what He has done for you. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings. He's not going to bless us. He's blessed us with all spiritual blessings in Christ Jesus. So He's not going to do something. He's already done it. If you check the scriptures, you realize that God has already done all the things that He's supposed to do He has already done for you. Now your job is to learn the word of God. Find out what he has done for you. And enjoy what he has done for you. Galatians 4 verse 1 says that now the heir, as long as he's a child, differed nothing from a servant, even though he's a lord of all. Have you seen it? Yeah. Now I say that the heir, as long as he's a child. he didn't say when he's a child. As long as he's a child. So there are Christians who have stayed children for a long time. Children are the ones who are always asking, Give me this, give me that, give me this. Is it true? Yes. They're always asking. But when you become an adult, you know that all that is in the fridge is yours. You go in there without asking questions. When you're taking milk, if you take milk and you come and ask your father, you you come and ask your father, Daddy. I want to take milk. What do you think he'll do to you? He will slap you, isn't it? Ah. What the, why do you need to? You want to come and measure the milk for you before. But if you're a child, don't measure the milk because you can't drink too much. If you drink too much, something will happen to. You. So measure it and give it to you. But that's why you need to grow. You need to grow in the Lord. The more you grow in the Lord, the more you come into the fullness of the revelation of Christ in you and what God has done for you in Christ Jesus. And then you start enjoying it as God will have you. I hope you understand. So you need to tell me you need to grow. You need to grow up strong. Tell the other, you need to grow. You need to go up strong. Now Romans chapter 5. Verse 1 once again. It says therefore being justified by faith. We have peace with God. We have what? Peace with God. How? Through our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember Jesus Christ is grace. 2nd Corinthians chapter 13 verse 14. The grace of our Lord of the Lord Jesus Christ, the grace of the Lord, all the grace comes from the Lord Jesus. Jesus is the carrier of the grace of God. So every time you see Jesus Christ, you should think about grace. So in, in the other place, in Romans chapter 5 verse 1, where it says that being justified by faith, therefore being justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. Through So you can read it this way, through grace have you seen it next verse verse two by whom by Jesus Christ also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand so grace is a place that is why it's a dispensation we have come to that place we have come to that dispensation we have come to that place where God has done all that needs to be done and your job now is to enjoy I mean how difficult can that be they say come and come and chop Free of charge, you know go chop, just enjoy yourself in the grace of God. Okay, he says, By whom also we have access by faith into this grace wherein we stand, and rejoice in hope of the glory of God. Hallelujah. He's talking about the glory that shall be revealed in our bodies on that day when Jesus comes. You see, so we have come unto Mount Zion. We are not going to Mount Zion, we have now come unto Mount Zion. We have not come out to Mansa. A lot of people are looking for God all over the place. I told you the last time. When are I going to find God? You say I'm looking, I'm seeking God. I'm going to seek His face. I'm seeking. When am I going to find Him? I'm seeking Him. When am I going to find? The Bible says, Seek and you shall find, is not it? We, have, we found Him in Christ. God is in Him. Don't go out there looking for Him. Use the Word of God to check the mirror. See who is in you now, hallelujah! And watch your life go up higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher and higher. See, I'll never go down. down. Why won't you go down? Because I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. And the Bible says, He that sitteth in the heavens shall laugh. I am seated, I'm not going to sit there. I am seated there. That is my location. How did I get there? by my works there's nothing you can do to climb up into the heavenly place what can you do where is the heavenly place do you even know where it is there's nothing you can do to go to heaven there's nothing absolutely nothing someone who knows there has to take you where can have you visited heaven before heaven is not outside of the the earth outside the earth you have galaxies and all, all kinds of things we are, we are on just one galaxy, Milky Way. We just we are even just aware of one galaxy and yeah, the Milky Way galaxy. We you know there are several galaxies, millions of them, which we are not aware of. So, how can you find heaven? How can you climb there? Huh? Which money will you pay to be able to have access? It can only which visa can you get? It can only be by someone. Jesus said, No man has gone up to heaven before. It's only the Son of Man who was ascended. Yeah. So I'll never go down because I'm seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. I will never fail. Why? Because Christ failed on my behalf. Christ suffered on my behalf. I'll never suffer ever again in my life. I'll never be put to shame. Why? Because Christ was put to shame on my behalf. I'll never be sick in my life. Why? Because Christ was made sick. All sickness was put on him. Therefore, no ca- My cancer was put on him. Cancer was put on him, including whatever cancer it is that is in your body right now. It was put on him. Cancer cannot dwell in my body because it was put in his body on that day. He died for me so that I'll live. Hallelujah. Hallelujah! Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. See, I'm going, I'm going forward, I'm getting better, I'm getting better and stronger, and, stronger and, greater and greater by the day, by the day. Because, Jesus because Jesus did it all for me. Hallelujah Have you been blessed? Yeah. Great Is there a question? There's a question I can answer for you In the next two minutes Maybe I said something that you couldn't understand Remember It's six nights This night, what? Three, right? So we have three more to go So I have not finished explaining it So don't miss it If you miss it You do not get the full understanding I can't see everything in one breath I have to go through it gradually for you There are various aspects I'm going to show you So that you can put It will be a complete story for you I hope you understand uh-huh. So I don't know if you've learned anything today If you have a question you can ask I want to give you an opportunity to ask a question If you have a question If you have any question You are liberty to ask there's a, there's a hand there I'm not a sinner, not a sinner. <laughs> If you are struggling with something Keep saying that for yourself I'm not a sinner I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Yeah I'm not a sinner I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus Sin was taken out of me First John chapter 3 verse 9 Always remember it 1 John 3.9 Look at 1 John 3.9 Whosoever is born of God does not commit sin Are you born of God? No. Some people don't like this one They like 1 John 5.4 Go to 1 John 5.4 Whosoever is born of God overcometh the world And this is the vision of overcoming the world Even our faith So when they hear this one, they are happy because this one is overcoming the world But the other place is that whosoever is born of God that is not commit sin. Why? Because the seed of God, for his seed remaineth in him. The seed of God remains in him. What is that seed of God? Eternal life. What makes God God is what is in you now? Eternal life is in you. And he cannot sin. Why? Because he's born of God. So even on the verge of doing something wrong, there's a seed of God inside me. It will keep me. He says to him that is able to keep you from falling. God is bigger than sin outside. God in you is bigger than sin outside of you. And he'll keep you from falling and keep you standing. He says he's able to keep you from falling and to preserve you blameless before him in love on that day. Which one do you believe? Do you believe that sin is strong? As for this one, I can't stop. As for this one, I can't... I don't know when it comes, I can't help myself. Then you will never be able to help yourself. Because you think that it is more powerful than God in you. Yes.
1: Thank you very much, Danny. Um... Now, per the understanding that I'm getting from this teaching, we are all no longer under the law. So if I start to... Maybe I, I used to smoke, and then I'm no longer smoking. Or I used to drink, I'm no longer drinking. And those things are mentioned in the law. So as I'm no longer doing those things with what consciousness am I living with Like, you see we we are not supposed to live with the consciousness of we being under the law but then you not doing these things is also indirectly like you are not under the like you are not doing what the law is saying you shouldn't do I don't know if you get my question the law says do not fornicate by God's grace you are growing up you understand that like you don't have a feeling for those things. So now that you you don't do those things on your natural self, what are you living by? Like I want to
0: get please use the microphone.
2: <laughs> Amazing. So even the first John three nine says one of it. I think in the Romans is this seven chapter seven. Yeah. Yeah. So so this is what right now, I just wrote down that scripture I'm going to meditate on it okay, so whoever is born of God does not commit sin so I'm thinking that, okay so this is what the Bible is telling me I'm acknowledging it, so that it becomes effectual in me, okay so um, I'm born of God therefore I do not commit sin and why don't I commit sin? Because the seed of God is inside me that's why I don't do the sin that is how I think about it I don't sin not because I have the strength or by my own strength I can you know I'm self-controlled or you know my physical something no the word is saying because the seed of God remains in me that is why I can't sin
0: this is what I
2: think about
0: you answer yourself in a question you said that I don't have a taste for it Mm -hmm. it is the grace of God in you and the seed of God in you that makes you not have the taste for sin for wrong.
2: So what happens with a lot of people is that most of the time is the attack is on the mind. Before you, Because when the attack on the mind comes, that's why you have to meditate. You have to meditate until this thing just sinks in you. It's like you are so sure that the seed of God is in me, so I don't sin. Not because of my strength or my prowess or something, but because of his seed. And this is very exciting, okay? Because now you have a way to stand on that. It is not because of my ability, but it's because He is inside me. That is why I don't do some of the things that I do. Now, when you begin to look at it from that perspective, that is grace. Because it is His ability that is working in you to produce a certain result. Do you understand?
0: Romans, uh, Romans chapter 6. Yes. Verse, verse 9, 10, and 11. Let's look at it.
2: Yes. Because I think the, one of the Romans just knowing that Christ being raised from the dead dieth no more amazing death has no more no more dominion over him 10 for in that he died, he died unto sin once but in that he liveth he he liveth unto God likewise reckon ye also yourself to be dead indeed unto sin but alive unto God through Jesus Christ our Lord so but couldn't...
0: I don't know if you are seeing this one This what this one says is that no. You died with Christ. And when you die, you are dead. You are, it says Christ died unto sin once. And is alive unto God. So you two think in the same way. Because that is actually what happened to you. You died unto sin the day Christ died. And when he rose from the dead, you became alive unto God. Therefore, you don't react to sin. Why? Because you are dead to sin. So I am not reacting to sin, not because I'm, I have some force in, like I'm wild, I'm a very wild guy, uh, I'm not keeping the law or whatever, you get it? Like I'm trying to overcome, but I don't act along the lines of sin because I'm dead to sin. If someone is owing you and a person is dead, can you collect your money? Yeah, so you are not a debtor to sin anymore because you are dead to sin. Now you are a debtor to God. To live unto God and not unto sin. Please, you get it. I don't know if you understand. Uh-huh. So, I'm dead to sin. I'm alive to God. Why, am I doing not, why are you not doing all these things? Oh, it's not because of it. I'm, I'm just dead to it. I'm alive to God. I now respond to God. I act with God in mind. I move with God in mind. Not because I'm a very wild guy. I'm not into, I'm not into fornication. It's, it's not because of am I'm, I'm just dead to it. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have feelings for it. I'm not, I don't have, my, my heart is not along those lines. My heart is established in the grace of God. What is the grace of God? Jesus died. I died with him. When he died, I died unto sin. Once. When he raised from the dead, I was raised from the dead unto life. Once with him. So, if you go to verse 12, look at verse 12. Romans 6, 12. Let, it says, now you, because you are dead to sin, it says, you, don't let sin reign in your mortal body so that they should obey it in the last thereof. Why? Next verse. Neither you do your members as instruments of righteousness to sin, but you yourselves unto God as those that are alive from the dead. How is it? And your members as instruments of righteousness unto God. Next verse. For sin shall not have dominion over you. Why? For you are not under the law, but under grace. Because you are under grace, sin cannot have dominion over you. Grace means that you are dead to sin and you are now allied to God. So sin shall not have dominion. Because before you got born again, sin had dominion. What sin says you should do is what you do. You cannot say you will not do. You go do what? You will do the do. Now that you are born again, sin does not have dominion over you. Why? Because you are now under grace. Grace is what has dominion over you. In other words, it is now grace is stronger in your life. God is strong in your life. And you don't act along the lines of sin. I hope you get it. Yeah. So that's the consciousness with you which, with which you flow. I'm I'm living in grace. I I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah. So if I don't know if you understand what, what I just shared with you. Yeah, Let's, so I'm going to explain. Oh, you see, this one says you are not under You are not. To, this is one of the things I'm going to explain into details for you as the weeks go by. So that's what I'm saying. Don't miss any, so that you can have a full understanding of all that we are saying. Okay. So I've shared one side with you. There's another side that is that you need as well. So I'm going to share all those things with you as we go on. In Jesus' name, Amen. Any other question?
2: So it was Romans chapter eight. Eight verse one to four uh-huh. it said there is therefore now no condemnation to them who are in Christ Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the spirit. For the law of the Spirit in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending his Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin condemned sin in the flesh that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh but after the spirit okay this is what i was looking for you see um let me say for what the law could not do three what the law could not do in that it was weak through the flesh god sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh for sin condemned sin in the flesh But Jesus did was, he dealt with our sin, okay and after dealing with our sin, that means he took the sin away, and then four, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us so now that the sin has been dealt with in our flesh the righteousness of the Lord is fulfilled in us it's like we do, we obey the law naturally not because we um, how should I say, it? we force ourselves to but it is our nature do you understand what I'm saying? you see I hope, I hope I'm trying Yeah. so Jesus dealt with sin in the flesh he took away sin and when he took away sin righteousness was automatically ours because of Jesus ok, you realize that the law was not a bad thing Yeah. but we couldn't do it but it came for us to know that we are really sinners Okay and that we need Jesus Christ. And that's why Jesus and that's why every man needs Jesus Christ. So when Jesus came, he came and he dealt with sin in the flesh. And as a Christian, when you become born again, you are saved like I've said. Okay. You are you are partaking in everything that is of Jesus Christ. And Jesus has taken away the sin in your flesh, in your nature. He has taken it away. And immediately he takes that away the righteousness of God which the law was trying to let you become, automatically you begin to show it. So you don't fornicate, not because of your strength, but because now your nature is not to fornicate. It is the nature of God. Do you understand what I'm saying? Because the law was given by God. Okay, the law is good in and of itself but you can't obey it by your strength by your normal nature by your unregenerated person you can't do it when you become born again automatically you don't do the things that the law says you're not supposed to do because in your nature in your righteous nature in that nature of god in that seed of god now you do the things that god does and God does not lie, God does not fornicate, God does not steal, God does not kill. you get it? God, so you, you know the attributes of God is love, patience, kindness, forgiveness, long suffering, all those things. Now that one begins to show because now that is the seed that is inside you. Do you understand? Uh-huh. So that is what you do by default now. Hallelujah.
0: So the righteousness of the law. Is fulfilled in you by virtue of what Christ did for you because you will not know what sin is without the law Uh the law lets us know what sin is but the law was weak through the flesh you couldn't keep the law okay because of flesh because of the flesh because of sin in you and then sin in the flesh but now Christ has dealt with sin in you and sin in the flesh so now the righteousness of the law which it was which was demanded by the law but nobody could meet up is now fulfilled in you in Christ Jesus I hope you get it uh-huh. so now you do by nature what is written in the law and you fulfill by nature the law because the nature of God is now inside you so if you start thinking like that you start having the re- the results physical results for yourself everything goes through your mind, what your mind is focused on is what you have okay, in Jesus name amen, you have a question? okay, 30 seconds
1: hello pastor, Hi. I want you to ask we are saying Jesus dealt with sin He who knew, we who knew no sin we came saying that righteousness of God, okay so I'm now the righteousness of God and then something comes up a situation and I tell, I, I tell a lie do, you, do I go back asking for, 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 for forgiveness because the seed of sin is not in me I am the righteousness of God so do I still go back to ask God to forgive me
0: okay. uh, 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness do you see uh-huh. so this scripture is key and this, the word confess means to name and to claim. To name and admit. Oh, Father, I did this. Thank you for forgiving me. Because you are actually forgiven in Christ a long time ago. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 31. Look at Ephesians 4. bet you from 30 to 31. And give not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby you are sued unto the day of redemption. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Next verse. And be ye kind one to another, tender hearted, forgiving one another. Even as God for Christ's sake has what? Has forgiven you. He forgave you a long time ago. So when you do something wrong, uh, you must confess. When you confess your sin, He is faithful and just to forgive you, to bring forgiveness practically to yourself, to you, for you to enjoy it practically for yourself. I hope you get it.
2: Hallelujah. You see, the the thing is, you just said you don't have this, so why do you? You see, the thing is, the whole thing is is a, now that's why we are teaching you these things, okay? When you go home, you are supposed to go and meditate on it. If you sit here and you go home, you go and sleep you've forgotten, it's like you, you, we showed you how you look like in the mirror and when you went home, you just went to sleep, you forgot how you look like okay, so what happens is that after people are taught these things the difficulty in showing it forth comes when you don't go and meditate on it the way I was thinking, the way I showed you how I have written it down and I'm going home to go and think about it okay, because if you don't meditate on the word it will not show forth in you now, this is the truth, and this is the fact of all the things that have happened to you. Now, it has to become a to you personally for you to live it out. It has happened. Jesus has done it all. Okay. Now, you have to renew your mind to conform with what the Word has said concerning you. And God knows that it's a process. Okay. And you may sin. Do you understand? because your mind has to now conform with the the nature that is in you you understand because the mind is 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 part of the soul you have to educate it it's like you have to change how it thinks now okay just like the way you educate your mind to be an engineer or a doctor or something you have to educate your mind to, to conform to the christian that you have become to conform to the child of god that you have become okay but in the process, people may fall. But God is saying that if you fall, just confess it. It is for your own conscience sake. Do you understand? For your own conscience sake, confess it and receive forgiveness and move on. Because I can tell you that if you keep misbehaving and say, Oh, I have that," very powerful, it's true. but. It tells you one you are immature if you keep doing it and using the excuse that i have the seed of god in me um, i don't have sin but you are misbehaving do you understand you, you, you can get that means you, you don't understand exactly what is happening to you okay but if something happens he says that he's faithful and just confess it it's, because it's for your own conscience because you feel the guilt you feel the condemnation so for that thing to get away from you, confess it, just confess it, and let it go. Immediately you confess it, and you know that he's already forgiven you, you are fine. But that the fact of the matter is that when you don't confess it, you destroy your own self. That's basically what happens. You destroy your, your mind, you don't have peace, and when you, the, the, I don't know whether to say this, When you continue to sin, I think he said it in Romans chapter 6, down there, that after now that this is what has happened to you, okay, now you have become a child of God, you have the seed of God in you. Sin therefore has no dominion over you. But he said to whom you obey, you become servants of that thing. Now you have a choice to obey. So at that point of time in lying, you have a choice to lie or not. You know, there's a choice. But the choice to lie or not depends on how much you know who you are and what God can do for you. In that, am I lying so that I don't get sacked from work or and that God will provide for me or I think that this this job is my saviour. It depends on your maturity. But even in that situation, God is faithful and just to forgive you as long as you come to him and confess. If you don't confess, you condemn your own self. It is, it, that's what happens.
0: So yeah, it's, a, it's actually a matter of growth. Okay? First John 2.1 My little children, these things write out to you, that ye sin not. See, it's my little children. He calls them little children. And if any man sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous. And he is a propitiation for our sins, and not for ours only, but also for them, the sins of the whole world. He's writing to little children. So there are three categories he shows you in 1 John chapter 2. He shows you little children, young men, and then he shows you fathers. The fathers, he never spoke about sin. Because the fathers are those who are mature to understand exactly what we are telling you now. So what we are saying now, is it, you are knowing it in your head. But the father's distance is a distance from your head to your heart. It's in your head now. You are learning it in your head now. It's not the end. You must allow your heart to set to be set on it. 1 John chapter 3 verse 9, where I quoted to you. Are, there's more and direct. If you read, go to the next verse. Go. In this the children of God are manifest and the children of the devil. Whosoever doeth not the right, doeth not righteousness is not of God, neither he that loveth not his brother. For this is the message that you heard from the beginning that we should love one another. Next verse. Not as Cain. Next verse. There's a place where it says all unrighteousness is sin. Okay? Look for it. It's, it's just I don't know whether it's the verses before of the verse after in verse John thirty nine, where I just mentioned. So he's letting you know that you we grow, all the, we you grow in all these things. Okay, uh-huh. so don't go away. A lot of people have done what you what you are saying now, right. and have run into a lot of trouble. Yeah, because they heard the message once and then they just started doing all kinds like of things at all. Oh, right now, we are not supposed to confess our sins. We are not supposed to do something. No, it's a permission God has made. Yes, this is who you are. But if you know who you are, why are you doing the wrong thing? Exactly. The same yes. Bible says we should confess. If you know, if you've gotten to know that you are the righteous of God and all that, why are you fooling around? Because if you know you are the righteous of God, you will not fool around. Yes. All righteousness is sin. And there's a sin not unto death. Oh. 16. Go to 16. If any man sees brother, no, it's not this one. Chapter 3, verse 4. Yeah, first John 3, 4. It's in chapter 3. Whosoever committed sin transgressed, transgressed also the law. For sin is a transgression of the law, is it? Next verse. And you know that he who he you know that he was manifested to take away our sins, and in him is no sin. Next verse. Whosoever abideth in him sinneth not.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Whosoever sinneth has not seen him. Yeah, neither known him. So if you do something wrong, you should know that you have not seen him. And you have not actually gotten to know him yet
2: so confess your sins and decide the, to know
0: verse 7 look at verse 7 little oh, children let no man deceive you he that doeth righteousness is righteous even as he is righteous next verse verse 8 he that committeth sin is of the devil for the devil's sin from the beginning for this purpose the son of god was manifested, that he might destroy the works of the devil then he says that whosoever is born of god does not sin, for right. the seed in him so if you know it in the truth you will not have some things happening around
2: you. Yeah. So when you, when you read that he that committed, you realize that it's, it's actually he that committed continuously. It's like it is your lifestyle. He that committed sin. Okay. So it's not talking about the one who okay makes a mistake and then realizes it, confesses it, and can he that committed sin? is somebody who so he's saying he that continues committing sin. Do you understand what I'm saying? Somebody has found their face. I'm not too Ah. sure whether they understand. (laughs) Is it English?
0: Do you know why these things are not said much? These things are not said much because there's a whole generation, eh? There's a whole generation of people who went off because they just had it. There's a message Pastor Chris preached. It's titled, uh, The Concept of Sin. Okay? And he says some of these things in there. But a lot of people don't understand what he said. So some people went to rape their pastor's daughter.
2: Yes. That's stupidity
0: they want to rip their pastors the three boys they ripped her in tents and when they were picked they said that they have not committed any sin because the seed of God remains in them they are not sinners no but what, yes. if you are not a sinner why did you what, what is this is this what your meditation led you to
2: a stupid person
0: and we're making reference to that message and a number of people did a lot of interesting Best things, Christians things. who forgot, they, they ceased to become Christians they became something else because of what we are saying now because they didn't understand it very well so take your time, like I said, we have some more nights to go and even after that, like I said, everyone is saying you need to meditate on it over and so, over and over again and take it one step at a, at a time, so that you can produce the results God wants, this is what we have been preaching but we are opening it yeah. up some more for you uh-huh
2: if you meditate on it, the benefits are, are beautiful. It's amazing. You walk in all the fullness of God that God is actually expecting of us. Okay? So, they are going to. The devil, sometimes the devil brings the questions. Hey, so, does it mean that. Say that, yes, I believe the word. What the word is saying is what is final. Because that is the argument that actually comes. You get the arguments. But the beauty of meditating on the word is that when a question comes, you refer to the word. That I have chosen, I am choosing to believe the word above all my questions and all my thoughts. As long as the word has said it, that means it's true. And I'm going to conform to this. That I, the seed of God is inside me. I, that is why I don't sin. And therefore, I show it forth. Okay. So you think about it and you take possession of it. You personalize it. It is yours. That is the, beauty, the thing about the word of God and it showing forth in the lives of people is people not personalizing it. Hoping that somebody somewhere will come and I don't know, lay hands and then everything will just dissolve in your head. It doesn't happen. There's work with it. You have to sit down and think about it. Personalize it and for it to show forth. You can lay hands on your head so your head has power. <laughs> nothing will happen you have to do that work yourself do you understand? you have to sit down, Christians don't like to sit down and think on the word, they'll do every other thing apart from sit down and think on, but that is your salvation you all know someone, it's my favorite scripture but his delight is in the law of the law and of the law does he meditate what day and night and he shall be like a tree. It is in your meditation. If you don't meditate, you will not flourish. It won't show forth. It is there, but it won't show forth because you are not giving it way for it to show forth. And in Joshua one eight two, that's what he said. You have to meditate on it. Hallelujah.
0: In Jesus' name, Amen. Don't be like the Athenians. In Acts chapter seventeen, you can read it for yourself. Bible says that the Athenians spent their time in nothing else but to hear a new thing and to tell that new thing. Okay, the people of Athens were—that was their life. They will hear as soon as they hear it now. They are going to say, "You need to meditate. When you meditate, it enters your heart, and you have proper understanding, so that you can explain it well to other people." Okay so that you can uh, you can have a proper heart set and have the right fruits in Jesus name, Amen have you learned anything? No. wow if anybody preaches any other gospel let him be a curse, isn't it? so by God's grace you are going to understand it very well and by God's grace you are going to produce the right fruits to the glory of God you will not miss your way. You will not. You will not, you will not, to the glory of God. Great grace has been ministered to you. So like I said, there are so many aspects, and I'm gonna, we're going to mention those. Oh, we've been gone into some of the things today, because of the question. That's why I, I said you should ask questions. I didn't want to just go with something in your head, so it's good you asked, and it's been clarified for you. It's good, isn't it? Yeah, you must you must understand the scriptures, understand the word of God, so that you can move from one level of glory to the other. Hallelujah.
2: God bless you for listening. We pray that the word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app. Plug in and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless